0: Live pop-up event with nimzi insights uh, we like to do these live pop-up events um frankly because they require very minimal planning i don't have to do the the, the pre-processing and everything um webinar planning sign up forms you guys don't have to give us your emails and all of that stuff i see that we are live now on my phone over here um, i like to just talk to you guys a little bit at the beginning of these streams because every Every platform that we are going live on likes to go live at a slightly different time. And I just make sure that everything's going on. But we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube and if you are joining us today on any of those platforms and if you're watching it live not if you're catching this as a recording we'd love to participate with you in the chats um, we would love and then there's two ways to do that you can chat on whichever platform you're, you're coming to us on we'll display those comments up on screen and we'll respond to them in real time as we can get to them also, as you can see here on screen, we have a Twitter Spaces room opened up, which means if you are following Nimzy Insights, you can head on over to Twitter Spaces, or just Twitter, it's just your Twitter account, follow at Nimzy underscore Insights, and you're going to see the option to come up and join the space, and that means you can listen, you can participate in real time, you can come up on stage and share some of your experience and advice. Today, we are talking to Irina Rogova who is actually here in seattle with me um but because of circumstances outside of our control we are we are doing this virtually today and we are going to be talking a little bit about you know the very safe subjects to talk about live on air of (laughs) geopolitics um specifically in regards to china we got some interesting um articles to go over um, and stuff from Irina and other sources from The Economist. Um, Irina, tell us a little bit about yourself though, before we get started. I wanna know um, what brings us, what brings us together today? How did this all come about?
1: Yeah, uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, It's a pleasure, I'm so excited. Um, so, I have been in localization industry for the past seven to eight years, and um, I started at Voicebox Technologies um, a long time ago, and I was a translator, um, a Russian translator um, back there. And then I transitioned uh, to Tableau, where I spent nearly six years uh, doing uh, project and program management, also related to localization. I left Tableau a few months back, uh, just decided that I want to move on to um, maybe move into consulting, uh, and geopolitics is something that interests in, interests me um, these days, um, is very dear to my heart, and I'm super excited to talk about this today.
0: <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. In these, and I was, as I was mentioning to you before the call, we actually, here at NIMSE Insights, we help moderate... Let me get rid of all this stuff over here. We help moderate a biweekly call with... Um, with leaders global leaders usually like vps of international or localization directors globalization directors where we actually just go over the latest geopolitics geopolitical geopolitical, geocultural things that brands need to be aware of um, and discuss how how different brands are are responding to that, and it's not much. It's a closed group because this is such a sensitive subject. This isn't something that you want to open up to just anybody. It's not something that you um, want to be reporting on. So, like when when we get together and we talk about this together, we're not able to do it in a public form, which is fine. That's by design. So I'm really excited to have you on today, and we can talk about this publicly and try not to put our foots in our mouth too much. <laughs> but w- One of the, um, the first articles that you had brought up here is uh, to talk to us a little bit about this.
1: Yes, absolutely. That was um, uh, an article um, written by um, Cheryl Ifo and um, she uh, speaks to, um, you know, the, the current responsibility, social responsibility um, that businesses should um acknowledge um uh because these days in you know 2021 uh, it's no longer just business it's always mm. politics are always involved um as we all know especially it, it's hard to are,
0: separate the two right
1: absolutely they are inseparable um and uh, you know if you are um as a company as a business if, uh you are profiting from Benefiting from the country's freedoms and resources, and claim that you, as a business, want to invest in diversity and inclusion, you also must accept the responsibility and promote the support and support those democratic uh, values that you you know you claim that you support. That means, um, you know, if we take um, um, a fairly recent example of. Uh, the Georgia state um, and the laws, the uh, voter suppressing laws that are um, Mm -hmm. uh, some lawmakers are trying to, um, to introduce there Um, as a business, as a company, you need to make sure that you oppose those uh, discriminating laws that suppress voting rights, because, you know, you, you have to make that available to all you, owe that to your customers.
0: Right. Well, I mean, Brands end up getting pulled in different directions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because you've got your customers in each market, right? You've yeah. got you've got your employees, and mm-hmm. you've got um, government regulatory agencies, um, all, all of these different things. But one of the things that I was I've been super interested to, to find out because we've been doing a lot of this geocultural-type work here at NIMSI as well, and one thing that I've really been fascinated by is the fact that a lot of these initiatives come from, like, grassroots efforts within the organizations um, by em- from employees. And it's not what you think. It's, like, a lot of brands um, making decisions to... Um, change their messaging or evolve their messaging to keep up with um, things that are going on in the news. The assumption is that they're being pressured to do that by their customers, but that's not always the case. Uh, a lot of the times, the pressure is coming internally from the employees. Have, have you seen any of that? Have you found any of that?
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, as a person, as an individual, as someone who is politically aware and tries to keep up with the things that um, are going on around yeah. us in the world, it's not just in life. the U.S., <laughs> <laughs> it's I,
0: life trying to stay politically aware these days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, what else do we have right now? We're cooped up at home all the time. Right. Um, so I think I I, I want to say that I'm very excited about what's going on. I think um, it's it's delightful what's going on within each big and small corporation or company or business. People who are um, who work for that uh, for, for those businesses, they. Um, they, they, they are becoming aware of um, how um, their voice matters and yeah. uh, they can be outspoken and it will have an impact. And it's the high time to, to, to have that impact. You know, we are um, in the very advanced digital age right now that we're living in. And um, newer generations of people, of, like the young generation of people who are growing up right now, they are no, no longer restricted by, you know, uh, oh, there's not enough information. Uh, there's a deluge of information they can get their hands on. And uh, people people's interests are shifting towards, you know, products and services that have more meaning to them. Um, uh, they start paying attention to businesses who care about the environment, who care about paying their employees a, a living age, um, the, the audience is more diverse now. Uh, if you work in marketing, you can't just not see it. Um, people deeply care about social justice these days. They choose products and companies who promote those values um, and who are transparent and honest about where they pull their resources to, to make their business, you know? Um, these days it's just like fairly um, not, it's fairly easy to know to, to find out more about the company that you are buying your products from, right? Um, where Where do you grow your coffee beans? Are you Fair Trade certified and things like that? And, and people, so you have to.
0: And people mm-hmm. actually pay attention to this.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I know that I I I do. And I am what 35 years, uh, thirty five years years old. There's a newer generation of people who grew up on Instagram, Facebook, and the internet in, in general, and they know where, where to put that information. They know how to um, have their voice uh, their voice heard.
0: Yeah, and, and that's a completely different world. I mean. Thank you for dating yourself on air I am the same age as you essentially (laughs) We're we're at that nice like happy middle Stage where it's like we're old We're like not so old that we're Ashamed of it and we're not too young (laughs) To be ashamed of it so it's like
1: Yeah perfect age
0: Um, But I'm I'm
1: proud of my age I I think I'm the the best The point yeah
0: I, I am I'm being the best 37 Year old I can be But being a 37 year old i you know new technology terrifies me and frightens me you know i go on the tiktoks and i don't know what these kids are talking about or how they're Mm -hmm. how you can get information in nine seconds but people do people do Mm -hmm. so there is a whole new world out there for um people in all markets to share and disseminate information and it's having a profound effect on how how people respond to brands, how people mm-hmm. react to brands, and we have a great um, one thing that we are talking about is this, this great case study from H and M in mm-hmm. China, and I pulled up an article here, um, but also you know I I plugged our, our call that we do at NIMZ Insights, and we actually covered this last week, no two weeks ago, we actually covered that in the call, and of course I can't talk about what. Um, the the actual conversations that went on there, Um, but we can give a quick overview of it here. But you know, I I don't want I don't want to give a quick overview. That's why I have guests on this program. I want you to give a quick overview.
1: Um, You just want to put the the, the whole responsibility onto me, which I'm fine with. I absolutely (laughs) do.
0: I absolutely do.
1: Um, Yeah. So this this article. You you,
0: you um, don't. Be careful making fun of the person that controls what you look like on screen.
1: Um, Just saying. so, I um, but um, I mean, jokes aside, this article is something that is uh, when you think about um, the you know when you think about the impact that you can make as a company, um, and H and M is one of, of the retailers that I, I I love. I love their clothes. I I think their style is. I mean, I buy their clothes for my for my stepdaughter for for myself too, and I I was so excited to see that, you know, H&M was one of the brands um, who put back on China uh, because they were concerned um, wh- by the, you know, by the origin of the cotton that was um, that was, they were using.
0: Mm-hmm. And I yeah. know
1: that's fairly, it's, it's probably fairly complex and um, difficult to even know where your cotton is coming from. What, even if you are, you know, if you work in H&M in like head of sales or head of supplies or whatever supplier chain. Uh, you probably don't know the the all the things that happened to that cotton before it gets to you, um, but they were concerned, and I um, I was so excited to see that they pushed back on China and this, you know, they um, stopped um, uh, collaborating with um, I guess Chinese um, suppliers um, before they um, until they know that like the uh, what, what's the what's the deal with that cotton? Where is it really coming from? Are uh, Uyghurs, and I, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing the the name of the people um, correctly. But um, yeah, so there's this, um, this story, the story that not it it's not even the story the the fact that uh, the people um, in the um, geographic area Xinjiang, and you can correct me because you probably know I, how to pronounce I, that. You
0: know, I am I am just ignorant white boy from seattle here i don't know how to pronounce okay. it either but so I, I had to pronounce gonna- no I, I do but i'm ashamed because it's horrible uh, i had to ask the first time too it's Uyghurs and I, I believe it's pronounced oh, Xinjiang okay. Prod- province Xin in Jin. china
1: okay um thank you um and yeah so this region is known to be you know something of uh of having a very hard time being part of China. Uh, and China is, um, you know, suppressing the, the the human rights there. And um, most well, likely, there's
0: a lot going on over there with the Uyghurs. And like, we talk mm-hmm. about this almost every Every time we get together and talk about geopolitics and geoculture, I mean, we always talk mm-hmm. about China. You know, Not always. Mm-hmm. But China just usually has a few interesting case studies to look at. Absolutely. And this Uyghur thing has just been in the news. And mm-hmm. as it should be. As mm-hmm. it should be. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. It's not cool what's going on over there. And, mm-hmm. you know, bye-bye to all of my Chinese Facebook followers right now who are going to get banned right now because we're saying this stuff but it's like it's not cool what they're doing over there and so and a lot of Americans like because I can I can speak for Americans Mm -hmm. kind of a lot of Americans realize that it's cool and they're taking a stand and they're calling for change um mm-hmm. and because we as a society have had a pretty good success rate of being able to pressure brands and you know, less good but equal you know, decent success rate being able to pressure government to actually bring about this change in the name of social justice uh, mm-hmm. as you as you um mentioned it so of course they're going to start pressuring these brands and we've had different um Different responses to these brands here. I, I've got some here, and mm-hmm. well, we talked about China, uh, but not everybody is. So here, here's a quick geo. Uh, here's a quick recap here, and this is just excuse my um my setup here. But um, all right, so in the Xinjiang Uyghur situation, the geopolitical recap, and shout out to um, my colleague Bob Drake for putting this together. Bob runs. Um, a lot of our geocultural stuff, and it's just a walking encyclopedia about this, together with uh, my other colleague, Michael Reed, who I actually asked to come join our Twitter spaces if you can, and welcome, Ricardo, I see that you're in the Twitter spaces, Um, we are doing this live, if you have anything to add to the conversation, um, raise your hand, come on up, Um, I'm happy to bring you up on stage, anybody else joining the uh, Twitter spaces as well, excuse me, so... February 28, 2020, the Australian – it all started with this report from the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, uh, ASPI. And um, basically, this is where it came to light that the Chinese companies, with the blessing, of course, of the the, the party, the Chinese government, were – using essentially forced labor and trading Mm -hmm. forced re-education camps, you know, discouraging, um, these people suppressing culture, suppressing religion, all, you know, the oppressive government greatest hits, let's just say, you know, all all of that was happening. So that's, that's, that's the background here. Mm -hmm. Um, so global businesses such as H and M and Nike started, making statements on this. They, they wanted to get ahead of this. So, looking at Nike's here. Nike is committed to the ethical and responsible manufacturing and we uphold international labor standards. We are concerned about reports of forced labor in and connected to the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. Nike does not source products from the region and we have confirmed with our contract suppliers that they are not using textiles or spun yarn from the region which
1: mm-hmm.
0: by the way side note like that's a whole separate conversation about how if a company if a company's way of preventing forced labor in their supply chain is to simply ask their suppliers their supply chain because the supply chains aren't they're deep they run deep mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and if if a if a brand only Action is to make all of their direct vendors sign something that says they're not doing it. Yeah. How effective is that? It's not because supply chains run deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, I'm monologuing here. Let me just get through this. So that was that was the Nike. Um, The Nike thing. Uh, And now let's go on to the H&M response. H&M Group is deeply concerned by reports from civil society organizations and media that include accusations of forced labor and discrimination of ethno-religious minorities in Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region. We strictly prohibit any type of forced labor in our supply chain, regardless of the region. And so, very similar, very, um, very um, similar responses. but. Let's look. Uh, moving on here. Western brands face growing Chinese backlash over Xinjiang cotton stamps.
1: Um And I, I think H&M had to kind of like pull back from what they said initially. Originally they said, okay, we, we're not sure. We don't want to use the, the, we don't want to make, be accountable for this forced labor. Uh, we respect human rights. And then once they saw that backlash that the, you know, was they faced in china how their um you know retailer uh how their stores were closed how how much revenue they started to lose and you know the ch- ch- chinese government is very powerful in how they can you know make their celebrities and influencers um work their marketing uh tools um and we all know that you know the marketing uh, chinese marketing is very successful um in the when when you want to promote your pr- uh, products or services you Um, You just give that product to, to a bunch of influencers. And that's how you do marketing in China, because that's one of the most powerful tools there. Uh, You don't just run paid search or paid um, digital ads. Right. Right. And so I think that's how um, H&M got a lot of um, negative publicity there. And they had to, Change their response. Their, their their latest response was that they were hopeful to you know amend that the relationships with the Chinese, um, uh, with their Chinese partners. Um, so and I. I under- yeah,
0: mm-hmm. just to, because the, the, you're you're just like jumping ahead in my slides, and you know, f- for those of you playing along at home, like Irina hasn't seen these slides before. Um, she just said, "Hey, let's talk about H and M in China," and I said, "Hey, I think NIMSY has some research on that," so so we pulled it up here. Um, but yeah, so products being pulled. Yeah, so basically, in, in an effort, it, let me know if I'm getting this right, Irina. Mm-hmm. In an effort to appease um, international outrage around um, forced labor in the supply chain and from the Uyghur autonomous region over in China, H&M put out a statement saying we not only do not use forced labor, but we condemn it. We wholesale Mm -hmm. condemn the use of forced labor in our supply chains, and we're not using anything um, from that zone. Um, And people were happy and the peasants oh rejoiced, God. right? Like everyone, oh, the social justice folks. Yay. Good for you guys. We're back. Here. But they pissed off the Chinese, right? Because this has been, what happened is there's been a, sorry, I'm going to quit clicking around. I'm going to give someone a seizure. Okay. Um, is there's been a very nationalistic response in China about um, the use of Uyghur cotton, Essentially, like they are mm-hmm. proud of it, and, you know, just like Americans are proud of their apple pie and bald eagles. It's like it's become politicized and re- referring back to our opening. Everything's being politicized these days. Right. You can't separate mm-hmm. politics from business. Um, landlords are kicking them out of their brick and mortar locations, um, the, the, being literally erased off the map literally erased off of the map. They're, they're taking, um, off of the Baidu maps that people used to find the stores. They're just taking them off. So hashtag cancel culture, Chinese edition. I love it. (laughs) Americans do not have a monopoly on on cancel culture. Right.
1: Um, I'm just a little concerned that, um, when it comes to uh, when when it comes to uh, uh, issues like this uh, instead of just uh, trying to reassure the public the international um, community uh, that you know we like i'm talking personify in China here uh, we are looking into this, this issue and yes we know there's a lot of you know political problems around this autonomous region but we are you know making uh, or Doing our best to make sure that there's no forced labor involved in in and producing um, uh, this good these goods. Instead of trying to reassure the international community, um, the nation, you know, the country, China in this case, they are trying to um, to boycott to boycott the 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 brands that to uh, put the blame or like point fingers and say, well, yes, we have this, but you Americans, you had slavery and you are still you know suppressing shut, um shut your lying yeah. mouth we had, no,
0: America <laughs> so they're perfect. trying to just like
1: reverse um reverse that narrative and blame other nations for like oh yeah well you also have skeletons in your closet and whatnot we are yeah we have our problems but you too it's not about that it's trying to yeah we we do uh, i mean i'm, I'm not a American, yet. I am Ukrainian. Yeah. Ukrainians have their
0: no, Nobody's perfect, Irina. Nobody's perfect.
1: Don't that's know. right. That's right. Thank you for putting that in in a simple <laughs> sentence for me. Uh, I'm I, I'm just trying to 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 say that why don't we just like embrace the humanity and like be more human humane and uh, trying to respect each other each other's rights and trying to you know work towards the better future. But who's um,
0: we? Who's we? Right? Does we include
1: brands? <laughs> We as people, like community, you know, global community. yeah, you're... instead of just that's that's my point. Like, so that's the difference between a thirty
0: five year old and a thirty seven year old. Is that two years you just become a complete cynic? because I'm like, nah, we are not going to do that as a society. I wish we could, All right? I wish we could. And I, I think talking about it, like what we do, like what we're doing right now, I think this is this is how we do that. This is how we come. To understandings across borders Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: really quickly let's jump into the comments here um Constantino de Miguel hey how are you sir good to put pressure on unacceptable Chinese behavior let's bring you up here on unacceptable Chinese behavior how about Islamic countries that suppressed human rights against women Um, pinpointing China how about Islamic countries or conditions of illegal immigrants in the US Mm -hmm. all right let's go there
1: (laughs) Is that my, is that question to me? (laughs) Um, I have no knowledge. I mean, I have no expertise in that. I, um, I'm sure there's so much like going on that we, we just don't have enough time on our hands to discuss all of this. But yes, um, if you are, if you want to just send us, you know, more information and we're, I'm happy to discuss this again on air. um, But there's like, there's just like so much, you know, evil in this world going on that, Um, it's, yeah, we need to talk about these issues, and there's, yeah, there are so many issues um, surrounding um, women's rights, and um, um, just recently, I read an article on how, you know, now that the U.S. troops are pulling out of uh, Afghanistan, um, so, like, the the women's rights, uh, the the, the women are, again, um, that one segment of population that are going to be you, you know that are going to be left with again no resources of you know no educational resources nothing nothing has changed for the women there and um probably the situation now with um the American troops pulling out of there is not going to be better for the women again um like either so um it's it's hard. Well, it's, and,
0: and that's I, what it comes down to. And, and we touched upon this. And once again, thank you for the comments, um, Miguel. Oh, we have another comment here from Xinjiang. I have some questions for you. One, have you ever been to China? Um, I have not been to China or Jingjiang province. Two, if not, how do you know the real Jingjiang? I don't. Okay, she's calling us out here. Good for you. What makes you believe that there's forced labor? Because it's in the news. There's been reporting about mm-hmm. it. Did H&M show any proof that their cotton supply chain have forced labor involved? No, they didn't. That's Okay, so this is a really good point. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. Do you know that cotton farming engineering is highly mechanized? So this is a really, this is a really good point that she brings, or I'm assuming it's she, I don't see a picture, I'm sorry. Um, did H&M show any proof in their cotton supply chain that they have forced labor involved? And no, I don't think they did. I don't, no, think, I don't they think they did either, and either but, yeah. I think they're... And this is going back to, like, do you, are you, as a brand, actively... Like, are you concerned about appeasing, right? Mm-hmm. Or are you concerned, like, appeasing the masses, like, with statements? Or are you concerned about actually addressing concerns that are relevant to each market? And those concerns are going to be different. Those concerns in China are different than the concerns in the U.S. And for the... um. You know, to make a statement like this, um, H H&M, and I would think the burden of proof is on them to um, actually like show an audit report or something, rather than just saying we don't use forced labor. Um, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not. What do you think, Irina? Yeah.
1: Like, uh, how do you? Um, you can just put that disclaimer out there, but do you like, how, yeah. What's, what's the, what's the proof behind that? Like, do you, how can we back check you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Um, do you know what cotton kind of farming is just highly mer- mechanized? Oh, well, um, have you ever been to China?
0: Uh, I don't, I don't see how the mechanized yeah. is really.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, is, is this person, um, Trying to prove us wrong. If 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 so, if, if there any more information that they can give us to um, convince us not to believe the news uh, that are you know broadcast um, globally. Yeah. It's not just the U.S. that um, you know is trying to incriminate China here. Um, so yeah, if if you Zhu. Um, if you have any information, any, any knowledge of, you know, that we don't have that you can just pinpoint to us um, and prove us wrong. I, I would be happy to look into that as yeah. well. You know,
0: let's talk. Let's talk. Come on in. Join the Twitter spaces. Happy to
1: host I you. Okay. Thinking here. I yeah. think we do. And uh, it's not that we're just blaming China for uh, everything though every single thing that's gone wrong in the world. It's not about that. Um, Everyone has their own problems here. We, in the U.S., there's a lot of, uh, you know, racial injustice and um, there, in in Russia, there's, you know, opposition, the jailed opposition right now and Putin has been, you know, Really um tightening the screws there um, on everyone who is um, who's opposing him who's opposed um, his politics um, so it's not that just like China is the, uh, the the big villain villain of the world everyone has their their issues and no their- the,
0: the big villain of the world is obviously America <laughs> Americans have worked hard for that title in, in recent years but let 's move on to because this leads nicely into um the response that H&M gave to China addressing Chinese concerns. Because um, talking about, you know, are are people actually addressing concerns or are they just putting out statements, right? And mm-hmm. if they're actually addressing the concerns or even if they're just putting out statements, what they have to be doing is addressing the concerns of each market because not every market is going to respond the same way. And particularly... I, I Markets are not, different countries are not looking at causes of what we call in America social justice, which mm-hmm. is a loaded term, but it's the best descriptor for this. Other markets aren't actively, um, they're, they're not actively, they're not mirroring the same conceptions. Like when they talk about social justice, um, first of all, a lot of countries have been doing a better job at that for a very long time than America. So it's like, what is there to talk about? Um but different concerns across countries. So let's look at this. H uh, and H&M response to firestorm in China over Xinjiang cotton. So this is the release that uh, pull it up here. Um, this is the release that um, was sent to China. It says uh, uh, some background. H H&M released a new statement on March thirty first, twenty twenty one, calling China, quote unquote, a very important market stating they have a quote-unquote long-term commitment to China and vowed to regain the trust and confidence of customers, colleagues, and business partners in the country. H&M said it, it wants to be a responsible buyer in China and elsewhere and is now building forward-looking strategies and actively working on steps with regard to material sourcing. The statement does not mention Jingjiang, and H&M did not indicate whether they would be using Jingjiang cotton. So, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, and help me out here in the comments, guys. Um, but I'm. Um, my understanding is that what the Chinese market was wanting from H and M was for them to be using Xinjiang cotton, right? But at the very least, not be bad mouthing Xinjiang cotton because they're very proud of it. So um, here's here's the statement. Uh, I'll just read it. We are working together with our colleagues in China to do everything we can to manage the current challenges and find a way forward. China is a very important market to us, and our long-term commitment to the country remains strong. Having been present there for more than 30 years, we have witnessed remarkable progress within the Chinese textile industry. Being at the forefront of innovation and technology, China... Ain't that the truth... If you've ever been to China and you think America is leading the world in tech, no. Like, you go to a Chinese city and it's like an episode of Star Trek. Sorry, I digress. Um, we are proud of development. We want to continue contributing to driving progress together with our partners and stakeholders in the country. We want to be a responsible buyer in China and elsewhere and are now building... F- forward-looking strategies and actively working on next steps with regard to material sourcing. Mm -hmm. Together with all relevant stakeholders, we want to collaborate to be part of the solution and jointly build a more sustainable fashion industry. As a global Mm -hmm. company, we comply with the local laws and regulatory frameworks in all the markets where we operate. Our company values are built on trust, respect, integrity, and dialogue. We wish to focus on our core business and on what we do best, bringing fashion and design to our customers all around the world. (laughs) I love this. Essentially, like, let us do our jobs. (laughs) Um, Well, they
1: had to, I mean, they are an international brand. They had to put out a statement. They are probably, like, their revenues are being, um right now they're um they're losing money so they they had to reassure their partners and their customers that they're working on um something to resolve to remedy the situation um and um i appreciate that i mean it but at least i i appreciate any um right now i i i really um like that the brands are trying uh at least to do something about it um they are putting out statements. They are listening to their consumers. Um, they are watching, you know, the, the global news that they are more aware of the political situation uh, around them. They are trying to make it right by by the consumer and by by the by by, you know, um, by people just tr- trying to respect the human rights as well. Um, but but yeah, that, at a certain like, point,
0: putting out messages, time, I'm sorry. OK, go. Yeah, I sort
1: of agree they just also need to think about business as well, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not a charity, right? So the bottom line, you know, it's not evil to think about your bottom line. I'm sorry. Like, it's not. I, I don't think that's evil. It's evil if you do evil things in the name of your bottom line, but you know, let's not use words like evil because that's, that's a, that's a loaded term here, but how do you respond in today's globalized world where information is just available to anybody Mm -hmm. when different market, you're in multiple markets and your different markets have polar opposite expectations from you. So one market wants you using Uyghur cotton, Another market wants you not only not using Uyghur cotton, but completely disavowing Uyghur cotton.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and what's happening?
1: I uh, I have no question. I don't have a question to that. Um, you know, as a brand, you um, you should probably have people not, like a whole department who yeah, di- who, I, I don't who think, think, I think ha- about
0: that. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I was expecting an answer.
1: It's <laughs> it's just like you, but you you have to think about. The ethics of um, of how you do business, where you source your um, supplies from, and um, I don't want to, I have no intention to disrespect anyone when I t- when I talk about China and about Chinese treatment of Uyghurs. Is that the pronunciation? Uyghurs. Yeah.
0: Uyghurs.
1: Um, I just can't ignore the news, and I'm sorry, but those news that I, I, I choose to read yeah, we don't, are, we don't need are to justify uh, yeah.
0: that we're talking about this. It's in the yeah. news. It's in the reports. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you have counter information, yeah. Join in the comments. Let's have that debate mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. comments. Um, but yeah, we don't need to sit here and apologize for talking about Uyghur cotton in China. It's in the news. It's happening. And it's affecting what brands mm-hmm. are doing. And mm-hmm. trust me, brands that I'm talking to, um, well, not all of them, because not everyone has supply chains in, in China. But the ones that do, eh, they, they kind of need help navigating this. And to your mm-hmm. point, is like, how do you do that? Do you have a whole internal team mm-hmm. that's um, responsible for this? Do you have? Do you rely upon your in-country um, teams to help manage that? And obviously, those in-country teams, at, at certain companies didn't sign off on certain press releases before they were sent, right? Mm-hmm. So the bigger mm-hmm. the organization, the more complex it is um, to make sure mm-hmm. that all all of the cross-departmental and cross-market values are in alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's complex. It's complex. And, you know, that's why people like, you know... These... You and I talk about that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and I would love to talk about more things. Um, yeah, you know, let's... Uh,
0: after... We had... Um, Oh, You want to really get spicy? We can go to uh, this sa- <laughs> oh saucy, this saucy blog here. Tell me, tell me, tell me about this.
1: Well, so this is that was uh, something that I wrote the um, just a few days ago, and I posted a, a posted link uh, to this article of mine on LinkedIn on my LinkedIn profile, and it's just something that I'm like, oh my god, where was I like? a few years ago when the whole like story with Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein was going on. And uh, I mean, we're
0: going to be talking about Harvey Weinstein now. Jeez. All right. Well, this is
1: what you brought this up. You brought it up. uh, And uh, this is the, so this is the blog that I, um, I write um, in my, and and
0: if you're not, uh, go follow Irina right now. You've got her LinkedIn (laughs) right, right there floating above her head. Go follow Irina because yeah, she's putting out these blogs and they're good. And you have one follower, that is a travesty right there. I
1: I, I am not about fo- I'm not about I know, number I know. And it's on
0: Medium. I, who has a Medium account these days?
1: I don't. I do. You well, <laughs>
0: yeah, I found you on LinkedIn, not Medium. So, all right, sorry. I, I digress. Let's go
1: back. Anyway, uh why I I, I chose to, to put it out there. Um so recently I I finished reading this book um Catch and kill uh, by Ronan Farrell. Mm. and uh, Ronan is I, I told you I had told you about that. Uh, he's, uh, he's a he's the son of Amir Farrell and um woody Woody Allen. and he uh, was the one he he is an investigative journalist, a journalist, and he was the the one who broke the story um of uh, Harvey Weinstein and um you know, the whole investigation, he led the investigation into his, uh, the the years and years of his sexual misconduct and uh, sexual harassment. Um, And it was just eye opening and um, completely just like mind blowing to read that book. Uh, Highly recommended to everyone who is into this kind of things. And I am, Um, (laughs) I don't like, I don't like, I I just, no, I just like, um, I just like reading real you know real life stories and Fascinating, real life like
0: psychology yeah there's if, there's a whole f- psychology behind this yeah
1: and and why why it's also kind of like connected to politics was uh one of the fact that um the author brings up in the in this book was that harvey weinstein was one of the uh i, I think he was one of the political donors but most importantly he was a fun, fun fundraiser for uh Hillary Clinton who was then a presidential candidate. He, she was running for president in the United States. And when I, I read that and um and I remember like rooting for Hillary back then um and I remember all those, you know, speeches that um she was giving on like uh, or people who de- who were defending her um uh, saying that, you know, like she's a feminist, she she um she kind of like just like um built her campaign on um Um, on like feministic um, ideals and how every girl out there she deserves to be heard and uh, so on and so forth. Um, And then I read that yeah she had Harvey Weinstein was her fundraiser and her then presidential campaign staff was um, concerned of of this investigation that Ronan Farrell was um, conducting at that time. They uh, specifically, he specifically calls it out in, in his book, and um, he they, they got in touch with him, and he, they it was a cons- of a concern to them that he was investigating Harvey Weinstein um, because yeah, he was uh, one of the donors, he was bringing money to the table, and um, it's it's just heartbreaking to read that kind of right. stuff, and right. I that's why I wrote this article because I thought, OMG. G uh you know you don't understand like what as a as a just a a, a human person as a as a human person as an individual you don't understand the depth of of those ties between the politics the the entertainment industry and whatnot um and and like the the whole just like the whole hypocrisy of of, of you know um Hillary Clinton's campaign taking money from harvey weinstein and you know um uh claiming that. Feministic values were important to her, and what's uh, so on and so forth. And he was, you know, eventually accused of of sexual harassment and rape. Um, so he's convicted. Yeah, In, yeah, he's, he's convicted.
0: convicted. Yeah, yeah. He was, I don't think by the time of Pharaoh's book, but um, really quickly because it's, it's bothering me. So I want I want to just go back to the comments really quickly uh, before we move on. Constantino mentions. Um, I think there is a lot of China bashing. It's on the political agenda that suits Washington. I don't disagree, Constantino. I don't disagree. Um, that goes with our theme here of everything is politicized these days. But I am happy to bash any. I'm happy to bash any, any other country. country. <laughs> I'm happy to bash any country. Um, dear Lord, we've been bashing America here for a while um, because there's plenty to bash here. But thank you, Constantino. Thank you, um, Iana. I want to say, and thank you. Oh, Iana and Constantine are the only ones in the comments. You guys want to keep, keep the conversation go, leave a comment. Um, while you're here, make sure to like and subscribe to to Nimzy, whatever platform you're watching this on. Why? Because uh, that's how you get notified when we go live. And when we pop up, you'll get a notification directly to your feed. All right. Um, Irina, back to you. What is... Harvey Weinstein have to do with Alexei Navalny over and in- Well, oh, first of all, <laughs> who the heck is Alexei Navalny? Like, uh, t- tell us, tell us about, hmm, tell us.
1: <laughs> tell us about your, yeah, what's going on in your head, Arena? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, Harvey Weinstein and Alexei Navalny do not have anything in common. Um, it's, I, I mean, I hope not, um, because Alexei Navalny is someone uh-uh. who I admire uh-uh. and who I,
0: yeah, I wasn't trying to imply that they were had something in common, but the blog well, ties the two stories together. I
1: absolutely, I understand your point. Of view. I'm just trying to make a, jo- a joke here. Don't you so, put words um, in my
0: mouth? Don't you do it? <laughs> um,
1: no, but it was just something like two stories were uh, on my mind, and I didn't know how to, you know, I couldn't really just do multiple articles. I just wanted to put it just put it on a piece of paper and because I, I uh, need okay. my thoughts to be uh, yeah out there. Um uh, but Alex Navalny is um the prominent this like the prominent opposition leader in Russia and he's currently in jail um uh being like accused by on, on some forged um charges that he didn't show up in court for like the whatever uh charge he was accused two years ago and um and the whole case was fabricated against him. Um, and so he's in, in jail right now. He's, um, um, he is, uh, on hung, hunger, strike for like more than two weeks now. And, um, he's trying to, he's feeling very, Oh, Ill he's on a hunger the-
0: strike right now.
1: Yes. Oh, um, I haven't
0: been following that. Thank you
1: yeah and he's been very he's been very ill because you know as you as you know um because he's not eating last august he was he was poisoned Poisonous, by yeah. norwich Choke and um yeah there was some i guess some uh still ramifications from like in in his system um there's still some ramifications from that poisoning and now he's feeling very ill and he was trying to get um uh, you know the the administration the penal co- colony where he's s- situated um he was trying to uh, he was asking for a doctor his, his personal doctor to get uh to see him and he was denied multiple times he was just like plainly denied um and um he went on hunger strike because of that because he was just uh, de- uh, declined a, a human right of seeing a doctor hmm. and uh he's in a very dire condition right now and um as you know they're um as you might know, there, uh, were some like really big protests going on, uh, across Russia yesterday on April 21st. Um, uh, Navalny's team is, is still functioning. They're still operating. They're trying to, um, you know, rally, um, around the, uh, like to try to, uh, they're trying to, um, get that, you know, gain that momentum and keep it going and try to, they're trying to, um, have the the you know the Russian people um just like keep pushing on Putin and his government and um you know because it's going out of it's like Putin is going out of line he is just being obnoxiously uh, authoritarian right now and um it just has to stop um uh, so yeah I I I was just so um heartbroken again by the news and I follow him and his team uh, and I read their news every day on Instagram uh, and Um, They, uh, yeah, their his teams are, uh, and his people, the coordinators of of their political offices are constantly being detained on some like false charges and their offices are being trashed and whatnot. And so I'm, um, I'm guessing it's very, it should be probably very difficult to, to, um, you know, uh, conduct business with Russia or
0: in Russia, if you are in in international business. Well, it's like, I don't, because I I don't have a Russian connection. Like I'm not from there. I'm not like married to a Russian. Like, but I, there's a lot of, we work with a lot of Russian and Russian adjacent, I'll say (laughs) people um, here um, internally at NIMSI. We have, we have, you know, we have a Russian we are our own little Russian mafia within the ranks here at NIMSY. Shout out to Yulia Akukova. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't really follow this, right? But I don't know where I was going with this, frankly. I started <laughs> I started talking about um,
1: NIMSY. I think we were just like, just going around my blog and, uh, you know, how provocative my, my blog is right now. And, you know, the scattered thoughts that I have there, um, anyway yeah so it's it's not that we're focused on just one country uh, one political system here we're just trying to make sense of um, how how is it to 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 lead business like to 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 do business now uh, these days in any country whatsoever and what should your values be um, as, a, as a business owner as a company uh, you have it, especially if you have um, if you're a customer facing um, a business, if you have consumers there, if you have employees there to, uh, to, to keep satisfied, right. And um, like, what do you do? It's, it's, it's very, it's a com- controversial, it's co- complex uh, to, to have your own business now. And yeah
0: yeah let's just bring it on back to that i think that's probably a good place because that's what where we started out here is how to how to brands and deal Yeah. You know, i talk about brands not businesses right because you know every not every business is a brand and not every or not every business has a brand and not every brand is mm-hmm. a business kind of thing because the brand is the brand can change across markets, right? The brand mm-hmm. can be adapted. The brand can be localized to to mm-hmm. markets, but the business is the mm-hmm. business. So that's why I like to talk about brands rather than that. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, the answer we have, t- we don't have an answer today. I mean, the the, the what we have t- today and what we will continue to have is there are no easy answers to this. Um, my final thoughts on it are though that what's important is you take a stand Mm -hmm. like uh, on you need to take a stand and you need to stick by it and you need to not you need to listen to your customers you need to listen to your customers in all of the markets but you don't need to do what they demand And I think that's where brands get it wrong. Like you don't have to appease, try to appease the masses. And when I say get it wrong, like because what happens is it's never enough kind of syndrome. And also if it's not authentic coming from a brand, people can tell. People can really tell if something's not authentic. And, you know, we talked about Nike a little bit earlier and they're... They're a great example. I like to use them as an example of um, responding to social pressure, responding to social demand, I would say, Mm -hmm. in the U.S. during the Black Lives Matter movement starting in 2020, which goes back, right? But Mm -hmm. specifically talking about 2020. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that's when brands really started putting messaging out there around this. Mm -hmm. And the reason... And Nike was very successful. They were very well-received. Their message was received, relatively speaking. And the reason for that is because it was coming from a place of authenticity, and they had put in the work. Like, they had been... talking to, engaging with, building communities with the you know the global and specifically the American black community for years. They already had that relationship. They already had that trust and respect. So when they put out a statement saying, yes, black lives matter, it's authentic, right? And you compare that with another brand. I think the brand that we discussed in the call that we run was L'Oreal. Do not quote me on that. Um, but I think it was a makeup brand and they Mm -hmm. put out like a very similar statement, a very, very similar statement, you know, just like we saw the two statements from Nike and, um, H&M on, on Uyghur Cotton, but met with huge backlash, huge backlash, Mm -hmm. right? And these are both brands that are very personal, you know, one's apparel and one is stuff that you put on your face, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how, how much more you get, how much more intimate you get than that, um, with someone so that's, that's like my takeaway for today let's continue the conversation for sure guys if you're watching this in the comments join the conversation in the comments um, don't be shy if you are shy reach out um, f- follow connect with Irina connect with myself but before we wrap up Irina what are your closing thoughts
1: um, closing, I... closing
0: arguments uh, on the very <laughs> organized argument. and structured conversation that just took place
1: I think, um, what I would like, uh, the listeners to take away from this is that if you, um, if you are engaged in marketing uh, activities, if you do marketing, um, maybe think about making your marketing more authentic and more relevant to, um, to the, to the world, to the outside world these days. Um, don't just make a generic messaging or don't craft a generic messaging, be a, a, a little bit more, um, a little bit more crafty, a little bit more resourceful. Uh, listen to what what matters to uh, to the customers um, that you are trying to target, um, and then craft your message uh, from there. Um, so yeah, and be socially aware, be politically aware, because that's what matters to 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 people right now. Just try to listen. Um, don't do everything that your consumers want you to do. Right. Uh, or your employees want you to do because you can't appease and it like you can't appease to everyone um but it's not about that it's like every company has a mission um every company has a mission statement on their website um so just live up to that mission statement if it has you know we respect human rights and we um we have these values just live up to that don't just make a you know don't just uh, make it like a web page that
0: doesn't mean anything, right? Hear, here, And do it for the right reasons. And if you can't do it for the right reasons, do it because you will get found out. Right. <laughs> if you're putting out different press releases in China and you are in the U.S., guess what? There's machine translations. And, you know, people in China will be able to read your U.S. press releases and people in the U.S. will be able to read your Chinese press releases. So the, the message, um, be careful with the message. But with yeah. that, complete, complete non-answer. We're, we're leaving here with more questions than usual or more questions than we have answers. But that's pretty mm-hmm. typical, I think, for conversations about this. Guys out there. If, if you're um, following this, we're done live now, but if, if you're watching this later, make sure, like I said before, like and subscribe, all of that stuff. If you're not subscribed to Nimsy Insights, either on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff, the platform of your choice, then you won't get notified when we do these pop-up events. If you have an idea for a pop-up event, you have a topic that you'd like to see us discuss, if you'd like, if you have a message that you'd like to say, to put out there in the world, let me know. Let me know. Um, I'm very interested in providing platforms to interesting people with interesting things to talk about. Uh, Really quickly... A reminder that NIMSI Insights is a market research and consulting company. We do a lot of work with global companies that are looking to optimize their um, go-to-market, their uh, everything that's required to do business in international markets, essentially. A strong focus on translation technology, machine translation, um, a strong focus on user experience research, culturalization research, all that stuff. If you'd like to know more, reach out to me or visit com. And I'll ask you all to join me in please thanking Irina Rogova for being brave enough to come up here unprepared. No, not unprepared, but we didn't prepare for this. And no, we did So thanks for coming up and just having a conversation live on air. Thank you to Constantino and uh, Iana in the comments for for participating in the conversation. With that. Thank you. Thank you. you. So long. We'll play us out here.